Well, greetings and salutations to you, to you, and especially to you. And also, we got to mention you, too. I don't know if Bono uh, listens to this podcast. Maybe he does. Maybe the rest of the band listens. Maybe the rest of the band listens and Bono doesn't. I don't know. Either way, welcome to the Jim Snyder Podcast, episode number 38. We will continue with my story today on, you know, just my life. It's a story of my life. That's what this podcast has been about primarily, not completely. From time to time, I've brought other folks in here, and they've shared their story, their journey, and that is going to continue in the future. Today, however, we are getting to the end, I guess, I don't want to say the end of an era, I guess the end of a chapter, a segment where this will be the final episode I'm going to be talking about my story on a regular basis. Now, there may be times in the future where I may be able to share something with you, something comes up or something comes to mind, where I can kind of fold it all into a nice episode, and I will do that. But as far as my, I guess we should say, my life story, if you will, because this has kind of been an autobiography in some ways, not really, I would say, a tell-all, tell-all. But it's. I hope that you've gotten something out of this. I know some people have. And I hope you, whoever you are that's listening, have gotten something out of this. Maybe you learned something about me you didn't know before. Maybe you've never met me before. But you still, you get something out of this. And that's what I've been trying to do with this podcast because that's really what happened was A good friend of mine came to me one day and said, you need to tell your story. And when that happened, I really just didn't think too much of it until I felt the good Lord leading me to do a podcast. And then I spoke with my friend Dave, who I actually had on the podcast back last year. And we had a great time, had a great chat, but he was the one that told me about doing a podcast about my story or telling my story. So that's what I've been doing. And I've touched some people. I know that. I've shared that with you. And there's been others, I'm sure. So I'd like to think that this podcast is doing what it's supposed to do. And it's not about numbers. It's not about success. It's not about money. It's reaching maybe one, two, three, or four people, however many people that is. Now, I know I mentioned, I know I reach more than just one person or two people. But what I'm saying is, is that it's not about the size. It's about connecting. This, to me, is a way for me to share, you know, what I've done with you. And the world measures things a little bit differently. It's all about prestige. It's about numbers. It's about fame. It's about money. And that's not what my story is about. That's not what I'm about. Now, if something were to happen that I'm able to get notoriety, if you will, reach a level of quote-unquote 
you know, celebrity status, okay, that's part of the plan. Now, if it isn't part of the plan, that's okay. The fact that I had somebody, one person in particular, and I won't name who this person is, said to me, I was really feeling down one day listening to your podcast and your story brought me to tears and it really helped me out of out of a out of a hole that I was in as far as i'm concerned mission accomplished and that's really what it's about and that's what i want to kind of share as an underlying theme of all this is that you don't have to have the most money you don't have to have the most notoriety You don't even have to be known by a whole bunch of people. The fact that you were able to reach something that you were looking for, something you were trying to achieve, something that was important to you, and you're able to get there, that's what this is about. Because everybody likes to compare everybody, and I used to try to compare myself with everybody else, and it drove me nuts. And I realized that, you know what? I don't have to measure up to anybody. All I can do is do the very best that I can personally. And if I can stand before God on judgment day and he can say to me, well done, good and faithful servant, come sharing your master's happiness, then I've, I've done it. That's the one person that I truly try to, to please, and that is the good Lord, my good Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what I try to do. And, of course, I want to make other people happy around me, my wife, my family, friends that I have, of course. But I don't get wrapped up in trying to keep up with the Joneses. Well, you should do this, and you should do that. And I know, like, for example, with this podcast, or with podcasting in general, any of you who listen to multiple podcasts, I think you know this. There is so much stuff out there. There is so much product, content that you can consume. I mean, everybody has a podcast right now, and that's great. I think it's cool because it gives everybody a chance to have a voice. Some of them are responsible. Some aren't. Take your pick. Whatever it is that you feel that you want to talk about. I had somebody come to me and say, you should talk about advocacy for the handicapped. And I said, no, that's not what my podcast is about. So I said to them, if you think that's really important to you and you think that's something that you have a passion for, and honestly, I think this person kind of does, I'm not going to go any more than that, I said to them, then go start your own podcast. I'll help you. I'll show you how to get up and running. You don't have to do all the stuff that I do. You listen to this podcast and you, you know, I've had a lot of people compliment me on how nice this sounds, not just from like the fact that I have jingles and all that kind of thing. Yeah, that's nice stuff. That's icing on the cake. That's all fun stuff, and it's stuff that I like, stuff that I've always felt it was important as far as a presentation, but you don't need it. 
there's a guy that I have a lot of respect for, and I'm not going to, well, I'll say it. I'll just, I'll, I'll tell you who it is. I listened to Jim Brandstetter's podcast, and he is the recently retired voice for University of Michigan football. He had been doing it for, doing Michigan football broadcasting one degree for 43 years, and he just retired. He had been doing the games with Dan Deardorff for the last several years, and they both decided we're hanging it up. We played football here. We're going to retire and hang up our careers once and for all here. And that's what they did. Well, when you listen to his podcast, there is no music. There's no nothing. It's just bang. Hi, I'm Jim Brandstetter, and here's my podcast. And if that's what you want to do, you can do that. That's the neat thing about this. So I'm doing this my way. I'm sure there are people, professional podcasters, because there are professional podcasters who would listen to this podcast. And I wouldn't be surprised if there is somebody out there who teaches podcasting as a course or in, you know, an impromptu or in informal course or what have you that will say, there's this guy, Jim Snyder, that does it this way. Ladies and gentlemen, don't do it that way. And you know what? I don't care. And I, I say all this just to make a point that I'm not trying to measure up to anybody. I do this because this is fun. And at the same time, I hope I've been able to inspire you. So that's that's kind of what really a, just a little recap and, and just kind of a reminder. And those of you who've listened, I'm sure you're probably sick of me saying it. So we'll just move on. Okay, let's continue with my story as I have been working at this point for the Rogers Kitchener Radio Group, a division of Rogers Communications in Kitchener, Ontario, Canada. That's what they always used to say on one of the radio stations. They had a, still do have a news talk station. And they would say, yeah, you, you know, they would, it was at the time it was 570 News. They have now rebranded it. That is kind of a big thing right now. But they, at the time, were known as 570 News. And they say, you're listening to 570 News, a part of the Rogers Kitchener Radio Group, a division of Rogers Communications. And that's fine. But anyway, I enjoyed my time at Rogers. I had a lot of fun. As I've said, got to do a lot of neat things. And I guess before we, we really dive into the story, I, well, maybe I'll just get, I'll get into the story. And maybe there'll be a little retrospective afterwards. Because honestly, the story in itself today is really not that long. And you'll understand why. It was October of 2010, and I had just been named the afternoon host for then Kicks 106. It's now Country 106.7. It's playing country music, both kinds of music, country and Western. <laughs> Watch the Blues Brothers movie over the weekend, so that's why that line comes to mind. Both kinds of music, country and Western. So it was. I was really having a lot of fun. I was... The, the new afternoon guy had a Monday through Friday schedule. And I had always said that and vowed that when I get on afternoons, Monday through Friday, I am not working weekends anymore. Well, I didn't mind working some extra weekends if I didn't have anything that was going on. Cause there were some weekends where I wasn't going to be away for 
going to a University of Michigan football game or some type of family outing or something. And at the time, they also needed a little extra help because their weekend guy, <clears throat> yours truly, was now the afternoon guy. So there were times we needed an extra body, and they said, would you be willing to help us out? You can make a little extra money, and we'll, we'll help. You know, we'll, Will you do some weekend stuff? And I said, sure. And I was glad to do it. And it really wasn't a big deal. Myself and another fellow there, we kind of took on that extra task, and we didn't mind doing it. He lived around the corner from the radio station, so for him to just kind of pop over and work on a Saturday morning wasn't a big deal. Or to do what we call voice tracking, it really wasn't that big of a deal. So we we did that. It was uh, it was fun. It was it was a good place to work. I really enjoyed my time at Rogers. Well, as they say, all good things must come to an end. And it was a, it was kind of interesting how it all happened. On my second anniversary, on January 22nd, it was 2011, I thinking, okay, it's been two years since I've worked here, two years today, happy anniversary to me. I remember taking the bus to downtown Kitchener. I thought, well, I'm just going to go have a little bite to eat. And then I'll go to work. And I walked into work, and I was told by the person at the desk, hey, boss wants to see you. And you need to go right away. And I thought, okay. Well, 20 minutes later, about 20, 25 minutes later, I'm in a taxi cab heading home. My services were no longer needed. So I was out of a job. And it was really, it was kind of, I don't want to say surreal, but this is where your faith in God or however you choose to believe in a higher power, whatever that is, I'm not going to get preachy on that. I can tell you what I believe, but what you believe, that's not for me to question. If you want to, send me an email. I'll tell you what I believe. But anyway, while this is going on, while I'm sitting in this little meeting, if you will, because I'm thinking, boy, the last thing that I want to happen to me is to be let go. Because I'm thinking it's it's no fun. Well, while I'm sitting there, and this is all kind of rolling out in front of me right before my eyes, I had the most, it was, I can't describe it, but it was a feeling of, of calmness. I wasn't upset. I wasn't worried. I wasn't panicking. I wasn't angry or anything. I was just like, okay. It was like God's whispering in my ear. It's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. So yeah, within 25 minutes, I'm out the door and I'm heading back home. You want to talk about being, if you'll pardon the expression, blindsided. And it's no fun when that happens. And it may have happened to you. 
It's never fun when that sort of thing happens. And I remember walking in my front door and setting down all my stuff because they let me basically walk out with practically everything I came there with. There was a couple of things that I couldn't bring, but they made arrangements and I was able to retrieve all of my personal effects the next day. So it was there was no problem with that. But you walk into your house and you set everything down and then you say, okay, now what? What do I do? And when you get to a point like this, it is so important to respond properly. And that's why, and I've brought it up from time to time, and it's kind of been the motto of this podcast. It's not what happens to you in life that's important. It's how you respond that really counts. And this was really kind of a tough spot for me. This one hit really hard. I had been let go before. I don't want to say fired. I don't like to say fired. At least it really wasn't this kind of, it wasn't like that here. Couple other places, yeah, I would have to say that I was, I was fired. Let's be honest. They just didn't feel that I was the right person for the position, or they felt they just had to make a change. I will say this: with Rogers, it wasn't like that. And I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to explain it because it's nobody's business. I respect that as far as of the management team. And this is where coming at this the right way is so important. Because I could have been bitter. I could have been angry. I could have been really nasty and just you know bitter about the whole thing. And I would, have, it, I would have made myself absolutely miserable. But this is also where my faith in God comes in to play. And I'll never forget this. This was one of those kind of moments where you know that you know. Well, obviously when I got home and I'm kind of like, okay, now what do I do? Because normally... What's happened to me in the past is that I remember when I left WXKR in 1994, I remember leaving my meeting because I knew I was going to have a meeting. It was outside of my regular hours that I would be at the radio station. I normally worked at night, so I wasn't there during the day. My boss said, I want to have a meeting with you on such and such a morning at 11 o'clock. So I show up for a meeting and I'm basically, I'm fired. And had the arrangements as far as having someone to come and pick me up. My driver that I had at the time, Glenn, who I've spoken of, was there to pick me up. I took all my stuff and I left. And I went home and I hopped on the phone and I started making phone calls. I started the process. And because I knew people. Well, here in Canada, I have not been able to build up that kind of what you'd call 
uh, just contacts yet. I knew a couple people, but not too many. And it was a situation also because of Sarah having the kind of job that she has. I just couldn't just go and take a job anywhere. We had to be able to get back and forth, or I had to be able to get back and forth. She'd have to be able to get back and forth. We had just moved two years earlier to Kitchener from Brantford, a sacrifice that she was willing to make. And we spent, it cost us money to move from Brantford to Kitchener. But it was something that we were willing to take a chance on. Because how do you know if you don't try? So I knew that I was not in a position to be able to start looking anywhere and everywhere. It was almost like, all right, what do you do? And I had to think about this. I had to process all this and just try to look at it in a calm and just kind of logical standpoint. And I knew that I couldn't get upset. I knew I couldn't get bitter. Now, did I have my moments? Absolutely. Absolutely, I did. You get those little, just quick little moments of emotion, and then you realize, wait, this isn't solving anything. Because it's, yeah, it's no fun. If you've ever been through this, to be blindsided and told that, we're going one way and you're going another, so to speak. That's, you know, that's just how, you know, just a general way of putting it. Or whether you're just outright canned because they don't like you, whatever the case. It's not your plan. Obviously, it was their plan. You know, whatever the case is, it's it's no fun. It's no fun, even if you just, because there was one place where I was at where I was, uh, honestly, when I was let go, I was relieved. I didn't want it to come to an end, but I thought, well, the pressure's off. I don't have to deal with some of this crap anymore. And yeah, but then it's like, all right, now you got to find a place to hang your hat. Well, I was very fortunate and still very fortunate that I have a wife who has a solid career, a good job, and it's not going anywhere as far as we can tell. So I have been afforded a really neat gift, if you will. I have had a chance to learn about myself. Well, when you know that you know, and that's what I was kind of getting at, I remember that night that I had, this is after it all happened, Sarah came home. I don't know, we had dinner, we just kind of hung out. You just kind of just take it in, you just kind of lick your wounds, if you will processing it all because there's just so much stuff going through your mind. But I remember that night waking up at 2 in the morning. I was wide awake. You ever have one of those where you just, you're up and you're awake? And I thought, okay. So I got up and I went downstairs and I just said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And this is one of those times when you know that you know that you know. God said to me, just wait. That was it. Just wait. 
And I'm thinking, waiting for what? Just wait. And so I did. And in the days and months to come, I still waited. And even in some years, I waited. And in some ways, I'm still waiting. But time has shown me something as far as what's going on. That it was all, it was for the good. Things happened. Things changed. Other people left. Other people left by not by their own choice. And things moved on. And I continued to maintain a relationship with the management team at that company. I'm still friends with those people. I still talk with them. And I'm glad that I didn't get upset. I'm glad that I didn't burn a bridge. I've seen this happen to people where they just, they get angry, they get bitter, and it ruins them. It just, it, their, their life is miserable because it's, there's this underlining anger and bitterness, and I don't care who you are. That kind of crap will just eat you up from the inside. And I, and I'm, and that's, and I can say that from personal experience, not that I let it fester for very long, but I could see if I were to have gotten angry, upset, bitter, resentful, I would be one miserable son of a gun. Absolutely. And also, you just don't know what the future holds. For all I know, I could, I'm not going to guarantee it, I'm not going to go looking for it, I'm not going to make any, you know, any promises to myself, but you never know. I could be working for these people again, maybe at that company or maybe in another situation. You just don't know. And I remember my one of my mentors, Dick Kernan, who I spoke of in the first episode of this podcast, I remember him saying to me once, and it was after I got let go, I don't know which job it was, but there was one place I had just gotten let go. And I remember him saying to me, Jim, don't get upset, don't hold a grudge, because you never know when you go for another job someday that that person isn't sitting on the other side of the desk. A job that you really want, and they're sitting on that de- in that desk sitting in that chair, and you want that gig. So I never forgot that. And also, just for the fact, it just made me a lot happier. And I was fortunate enough a couple of years ago to have lunch with one of these people that I worked for in Kitchener. And I was up there, and we just were... I got this person some some tickets to a football game that they really wanted to go to, and we went and had lunch, just kind of hung out. And I just said, I want you to know that there's no hard feelings. And I really appreciate everything that you did for me. Thank you. And that's for the most part what I said. I said a few other things, but that's that's 
between that person and myself. But just to say that, now, if I wouldn't have, if I would have been bitter, if I would have been angry, I wouldn't have been able to have that opportunity. And I wouldn't have had that opportunity, not to pat myself on the, on the back here, but I wouldn't have had that opportunity to bless them, to give something back to them. Because I know they appreciated it. I know that they enjoyed it. I am thoroughly convinced that when you are generous, when you give of yourself, now I didn't give away these tickets, by the way. If you're thinking that I just handed over four tickets to a big-time college football game, no. (laughs) They paid for them. But the fact is, is that they wouldn't have been able to get them. Maybe as easily. They might have been able to do it, but they might have had to pay more money. But the fact that I was willing to help them out, and I don't say that to to pat myself on the back, it was a blessing for them, and it was so much fun to be able to share. And I have found that when I've shared with my friends, with my family, even with casual acquaintances, you get so much in return. More than you can imagine. So I try to look at this in a positive way. Now, what else did I do during this time? I looked around at other opportunities. I went to some workshops as far as trying to find work. I hooked up with the folks at the Canadian Council for the Blind, CNIB. Got to be uh, good friends with one of their counselors who has since retired. Um, I'm sorry that we never were able to keep in contact because he and I got along really well. We were definitely on the same page on a lot of things, but I had a chance to learn some things from him. I looked into doing some volunteer work. I actually did some volunteer work at a local organization here in Brantford called Friendship House, serving food and and so forth to the at-risk community. And you want to talk about an education. And I really learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about just people. Some of these people, when I would be serving food or just whatever, some of them just, they just wanted to know that someone cared. They weren't looking necessarily for answers for all of their problems. But just the fact that someone smiled at them and said, hey, I care. How's, how's your day going? What's going on? Because some of these people were really living on the edge. Their existence basically was from one soup kitchen to another to another. And where some of these people spent the night and laid their head, I have no idea. Some, I think, had places to go. I think some others did not. But what a life. I feel so blessed to have what I have. And I said this to the director of the organization and the chairman of the board at the time, who was a good friend of mine. You know, it wouldn't take much, and I could be right where these people are right now. I could be on the other side of this table, the table that we would set up to serve them a a lunch or whatever. I could be on the other side of that table with my plate in hand hoping to get something 
and it may be my only meal for that day. That's why I try to be thankful for what I have. And I'm very thankful for a lot of things I've had. I've had a lot. I've had a chance to do some really neat things in my life. And I remember my mother saying this to me not too long before she died. And she says, she said, Jimmy, one of the few people that get to call me that. But she said to me, you've been pretty lucky. You've been able to do some pretty neat things. I don't like to think of it as luck. I don't believe in luck. I believe, you know, things happen for a reason. We are where we are today based on the decisions we made yesterday and the decisions we make today will determine where we are tomorrow. But I've I've been able to do some pretty cool things. I've been able to travel a bit internationally. I'm looking forward to doing some more of that. I've been to Mexico. I've been to St. Lucia. Looking forward to going to Jamaica here soon. Done a lot of traveling in the United States. Looking forward to seeing more of Canada at some point. Looking forward to going to the UK and going over there. And I'm fortunate that I have a wife who has been able to travel a lot more than I have. And she understands how to travel internationally. She understands what it's like to basically go away for three or four weeks and take one suitcase worth of clothes and make it work for three weeks or four weeks or however long you're gone. And that that will serve me well. And I'm looking forward to doing some of that. And we have some other things we'd like to do that Sarah and I have talked about doing. And will we get to do them? We'll see. We'll see what happens. One of the things we've talked about doing is maybe being able to have a motorhome. Now, will that happen? You may be thinking to yourself, hey, wait a minute, how are you going to pull this off? I don't know. You never know. You don't know. Circumstances could allow us that opportunity. We've talked about doing that because we like road tripping. We like to go and drive and see things and experience things. And we may be doing that this summer. We'll see what happens. So with you know, with all that, I've had a chance to to be around some, you know, to, to experience some neat things and even just look into different opportunities. I've had other things that have come up that I was looking into over the last several years that just didn't come to pass. Possible job opportunities, possible sources of income, but things just never came together. And like I said, with time, you begin to realize that, you know what, this is why this happened. Honestly, I don't think I would be doing this podcast if I were still working. If I were still working in Kitchener, because the plan was for me to go to Kitchener, and honestly, I was going to stay. We weren't going anywhere. We'd have real estate agents come through the neighborhood, sell a house. They knock on my door and say, hi, uh, if you ever need to sell your house, uh, here's my card. And and I would tell them, honestly, the only way you're going to get me out of this house is in a pine box unless something else happens. Well, something else did happen because I honestly wasn't planning on going anywhere. And, And that sometimes happens. We think we have our steps in order, but God has ordered our steps for us. 
And sometimes he has different ideas and different plans. Because we had a church that we enjoyed. We had a group of people that we hung out with. We had things we enjoyed doing. We had some neighbors who we really enjoyed just kind of hanging out with. It was a neat place to be. And all of a sudden, the, the income stops. We could stay there. We could have stayed in Kitchener. But with Sarah's job, we knew we needed to be in Brantford because of what she was potentially going to be doing. And she got a promotion within her school board locally here because she continued to work out of the, the, uh, the, the uh, local school board where we are and would commute to Kitchener. And that was a sacrifice that she made for me, and I'm forever thankful for that. So we knew that we had to be back closer because of the job that she was going to be doing. And her first assignment was going to be an hour and a half south of Brantford. Or a little over an hour, I think it was. Yeah, it was, it was like an hour south of Brantford where they were going to send her for her first assignment with this new position. And I said, you can't be in the car for an hour and a half every day. And if something were to happen with the place that you were working, because ultimately she was going to be an elementary school principal, and with where she was going to be, if something happened where she needed to go down to that building, say it, we'll just say just an extreme situation. Someone calls and says, hi, your building is on fire right now and we need you to be there. Oh, and she'd be like, okay, I'll see you in an hour and a half (laughs) or two hours by the time she gets dressed and, you know, so on and so forth. I mean, that's an extreme situation. But for her to spend three hours in a car every day from Kitchener, to where she was going. we I just couldn't do it. I said, we have to have you more centrally located. So that's why we came back to Brantford. And it was, it was a really an interesting time because of just how we had to make this all happen. We looked for houses. We looked around. We looked at buying new, you know, building a house. We looked at all kinds of stuff. Finally found something that we liked, the house that we ultimately moved into that had a pool and everything. It was during this time that we lost two parents. Sarah's dad passed away in October of 2012. My father passed about four months later in January of uh, 2013. So it wasn't very long that we lost two, two of our parents. My mother had already been gone. She had passed away while I was in Kitchener working for Rogers. I was still employed, and that was important to me because I wanted to, I wanted especially my mother, knowing that when she went to her deathbed that her little boy was going to be okay, and I was doing just fine at that point. <laughs> I'm still doing fine, by the way. Still doing good. Well, to lose both of your parents within a few months was not easy. And it allowed us to do some really neat things. We were able to, because of my dad's state, we were able to 
take some of that and invest it in the house and make some improvements, and it paid off for us. Because when it came time to sell, we were ready to go because uh, it was a, it was an afternoon probably in 2000 and uh, maybe it was shortly after my I'm trying to think what year it was. Yeah, it was it was a few years later. I don't remember the exact year, so forgive me for that. But I get a call from my real estate agent and says, I sold a house in your neighborhood. This is a friend of ours. He was a friend and our real estate agent said, I've sold a house. I've got something. I got this much for a house that was a lot like yours. You might want to consider selling. And it was a lot more than what we paid for our house that we were living in at the time. And it got us to thinking, well, we know we're going to move at some point. We know we're not going to want to have the swimming pool and the hot tub, which we both enjoyed. We really enjoyed. If anything, I missed the hot tub. But, you know, we we missed the pool in the summer. I didn't mind taking care of it. I didn't mind playing pool boy on the weekends whenever else we needed to do stuff. We enjoyed the house. But it was, the, honestly, the house was a little bit big for us, for our needs. And we weren't always spending a lot of time in the pool. We weren't the kind of people that would go in when it was really cold out. If it was under a certain temperature, we wouldn't go in. Whereas you have some families, if you can break the ice on the top of the pool, kids will go swimming. You know what I mean? (laughs) They don't care. So we decided let's sell. So we sold the house. We, we, We sold the house and ended up moving into where we are now. And it's funny. Right now, we're facing a similar situation where housing prices have continued to go up where we're at. And we could make a lot of money off of our house right now, but timing, is it the right thing to do? And I don't have an answer for that one right now. That's okay. That may become another story later on. We we shall see. But it's it's been an interesting 11 years since I left Rogers. It really has. I've done a lot. As you can kind of tell, we've been through a lot. We've moved twice. One of those moves was very stressful because we were trying to get get stuff down to Brantford. And I finally was able to get some help from a good friend of mine and uh, one of Sarah's friends who came and came to our rescue when we really needed it. We were getting up against the clock. But it all worked out. Everything worked out. Things happen for a reason. We go through the storms in life for a reason. We find out about ourselves. We find out what we're made of. Because if we just went through life on a bed of ease where nothing goes wrong, nothing nothing to worry about here, everything's fine, you don't grow, you don't stretch, you don't learn, you don't improve, you don't find out a lot about yourself. It's the tough times that you really find out what you're made of and where you're at. Now, I also believe that good things happen. There's always good out of the things that you go through, the the tough stuff. You know what? You look for the good wherever you can find it. And the change in house, 
in houses and my situation was all for a good, you know, it's been, it's been a good thing. I've learned a lot about myself. I have grown a lot as a person. I have strengthened in my relationship with my God. And I don't think I would have been able to do that if I were still working. And I, again, I had a lot of fun in a radio career that lasted many, many years. I don't like to say I'm out of radio because you can get out of radio, but radio never gets out of you. I've had a lot of chance. I've had some, a chance to do some fun things. I've done, you know, live broadcast, you know, full live broadcast where I remember when I told you where I was out as a kid watching guys at the local radio station play records out on location at a store or whatever. I had a chance to do that on a couple of different occasions uh, with a couple of different stations I worked for. So I had a chance to realize that dream. I always wanted to do a broadcast where you're doing your show on location. Maybe you have a, you know, you have a technician or is what we call a board op back at the radio station playing all of your music and everything. And you just walk around with a microphone. I watched guys do that. I always wanted to do that. I had a chance to do that. Got to do that before a Charleston River Dogs game. Go out and do remotes from, you know, different places and make a little extra money. Had a chance to do that get out in front of an audience and introduce a act that we were bringing to town. Did that on several occasions. Got to meet some really cool people in my career. I can think of just some people off the top of my head. One of my favorites, George Carlin, got to interview him on the phone when I, when I was in Charleston. Great guy. It was a fun afternoon. Talked with him for about 20 minutes. And I thought, going into this, either this guy's going to be a total jerk or he's going to be really cool. Well, he was a cool guy. We had a chance to to talk and talked about what he was up to and what he was doing at the time. I had a chance after we stopped rolling tape, if you will, after the recording, I just said, hey, I just want you to know that I've always admired your work and told him about some of my favorite bits and talked a little bit about his short-lived television show that was on Fox for a while, and he was appreciative of that. So it was it was really kind of cool. I had a chance to meet Eric Burden of the Animals very briefly. He was a little bit of a strange bird, if you will. He wasn't one that liked to talk to a lot of people, but I did get a chance to meet him. Had a chance to interview at the same event Rob Grill from the Grassroots. That was fun. Got to meet Elvis Presley's backup vocal group, the Jordanaires. Sherman Hemsley from the Jeffersons. He was in town on a uh, with a traveling company doing a production of Driving Miss Daisy. Had a chance to meet him. He was playing the chauffeur. He came by the station. I happened to be on that afternoon, and he came on the air with me. We talked for about 20 minutes about the Jeffersons, about Driving Miss Daisy, about acting, about all kinds of things. He was a riot. He was a lot of fun. And I've had a chance to meet various other country artists. Those are the most, I'll be honest, and I'm not partial towards country music. I like it. It's okay. But I found that the country artists were the most friendly, the most personable, and had a chance to meet some of them throughout the years at different places I worked, even had a chance to meet, and I wish I could remember his name, 
famous Indian baseball pitcher, Cleveland Indians baseball pitcher, Bob Feller. Got to go with a friend of mine over to where the Toledo Mudhens were playing at the time, the old Lucas County Stadium. It's long gone. I think the building is still there, but I don't but they obviously they don't play there anymore. But a friend of mine was doing an interview with him and I got to go along and I got to meet Bob Feller. Really nice guy. So those are just some people that come to mind. And I got to meet some cool people, got to do some really neat things. And I'm sure those of you who know me, who have worked with me, are saying there's other there's other things that you did that I might have just forgotten about because there's so many. And I'm very blessed to have been able to do some really neat things. And I've always said I've reached most of my goals and dreams in my career. What have I not done? I want to be a program director. I still want to try that. And one of the things that I'm working on, and I will just, uh, I won't give you all the details, obviously, is that one of these days, I want to put an internet-based station on. Something that I can listen to, Sarah can listen to, and the rest of you can enjoy if you want to. I'm going to do it how I want to. I'm sure that there will be some radio professionals and other so-called professionals, wannabe professionals, that will tell me, no, 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 that's not the way you do it. Well, you know what? I spent a long time, I spent many years doing it somebody else's way. Well, you know what? I'm spending the money. I'm going to do it my way. Now, will I ultimately get to do that? I'm not sure. I'd like to think I will, but... I don't want to be overconfident. I'm a realist. As the late Rush Limbaugh would say, I'm from Realville. The way that I want to do it is probably going to be a little more involved than what some other people will. You can put an internet radio station on really within minutes with a little bit of software and a computer and a microphone and a music library Yeah, you can. That's fine for some. I want to do a little bit more than that because I'm a, I'm a broadcaster. I'm a, I'm a professional. I'm not an amateur at this. This is become my hobby. I'd like to think that perhaps, and you never say never. Somebody asked me, will you ever be on the radio again? And I said, I don't know. I'm not going to say no because you never say never. And now that I have this studio, somebody could call me today and say, I need you to, could you do something for me? Could you, what we call voice track, you know, record a a music show. Could you do, could you do some voice tracking for me? Could you record a commercial for me? Could you host a talk show? I can do all that from this room right now. I have the, um, the ability to do it. The fact that I'm talking to you right now proves that. So you never know, but this radio station that I want to do, I know what I want to do, how I want to do it. I have got it all, I guess, mapped out, but I just need to be able to come up with the, with the finances to do it. Honestly, that's really what it boils down to is having the means to be able to do that. And however that would come about, 
I'm not going to get into it. That's not important. But the point is, is that I'm, I'm chasing the dream. We all have to have something that keeps us going. And honestly, this is what's keeping me going. Not that I would shrivel up and die if I didn't have this. Because honestly, two years ago at this time, the pandemic was not even a pandemic at that point. It was COVID-19 was beginning to ramp up. Things are starting to happen. We're going, okay, what's going to happen? And then all of a sudden, the pandemic hits. And really, honestly, it was the week that we were supposed to be on a Southern Caribbean cruise that got canceled because of the pandemic that I realized I need to do something with some equipment. And that kind of goes back to how I started this whole podcast. And I explained all that back in the pilot episode. If you go back, if you haven't heard it, or if you haven't listened to it in a while, go back and listen to that episode, episode number one, and you'll hear kind of how that all came to be. And the fact that now that I have a studio that I can work in, this is a dream. This was always a dream of mine to have my own studio, and I've got it. And it's quite satisfying, but I'd like to do some more. Will I get to do more? We'll see. As the podcast continues, it's not going away. I'm not done yet. As time goes on, I will share things with you. I'll have stories to tell. There will be guests. There will be things. It's just not going to be a join me in a week or whenever you listen. There won't be a weekly posting Now, if I have enough material that I can do it on a weekly basis, yeah, I will. But I'm not going to make it, oh my gosh, I got to come up with something. I was talking to my brother last night. It was funny. He had actually called me with some ideas about upcoming podcast episodes. And I explained that I'm not going to be doing a weekly kind of format anymore. I'm getting to the end of my story. And he says, yeah, I heard you talking about that. Uh, Yeah, I... Walked to the store today, bought some toilet paper. (laughs) Almost feel like I'm Garrison Keillor telling a story. (laughs) And nothing against Garrison Keillor. I always thought Prairie Home Companion was a great show. It was fun. Or in in Canada, the late Stuart McLean. If you ever get a chance, by the way, go listen to his stuff. Vinyl Cafe with Stuart McLean. The, The man was an incredible storyteller and I really, really enjoyed his stuff. Had a chance to see him on, uh, I think it was once, maybe was it once? I think we, we went once or twice. I know once we saw him and he was just, he, he's just a fascinating, was a fascinating individual. I should say gone way too soon but I've got a lot of his CDs. Sarah and I have a lot of his CDs and they're great stuff to listen to when you're in the car on a long trip. So anyway, there you go. So that's kind of where we're at. That's where we're going. And what's going to happen next? I'm not entirely sure, but I can tell you what's going to happen right now. 
Well, I'm looking at the headlines today, and I see that a police toilet was stolen. Yes, a police toil- a toilet was stolen. The cops now have nothing to go on. Eh, well, <laughs> that's how it goes. Now, if you have... All righty, all righty. <laughs> I was looking for a toilet, and that was the only sound I could come up with. And, yeah, my toilet is still running. Maybe I better go and chase it. Yeah, and there's that goat again. That goat's not going anywhere. (laughs) I've enjoyed the puns. I've got some puns from some, some good people. I've been able to come up with some. You can still send those to me, by the way. You can send me your ideas for a guest. I've had a few people approach me in recent days about guests. Maybe you know of somebody. Maybe you yourself think that you have a story to share. And I don't really care if you think that it's not worth talking about. Why don't you let me be the judge of that? You may have something that you may think is insignificant, and I may think otherwise. So send me your emails, your puns, your questions, your comments, your complaints. Whatever you want, the Jim Snyder Podcast at gmail.com. The Jim Snyder Podcast at gmail.com. And I want to thank you for listening. This has been kind of a, a bit of a ramble, I'll be honest. I kind of went a little bit all, all over the place, but I really didn't know any other real way to put it together, but then just let you hear just from my heart and just spill it as it as it kind of comes pouring out. Now, where did that come from? I really don't know. But this has been a lot of fun. And again, we're not done yet, ladies and gentlemen. I am not done with the podcast. My regular story may be done, but the chapters are being written as we speak. And as they get written, I will share them. And we'll have more guests in the future. Until we meet again, this is Jim Snyder, and it will be soon. It's not what happens to you in life that's important. It's how you respond that really counts. Energy.